Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Our lexi for today is fotismos, fotismos, or illumination. This word speaks to me as I have always been drawn to the light. Personally, the fotismos in a room is a top priority because it sets the mood and establishes the setting for a wonderful experience. A smile, it can also convey a certain fotismos or illumination as it encourages a stronger self-esteem. Fotismos, in my opinion, is what we are each called to do in life. Light the way for others. Fotismos, illumination, be that light. Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroneki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. Today, Kefi Life comes to you from the opening of the Beyond Antiquity exhibit at the National Hellenic Museum in Chicago. It's generously sponsored by the John S. Kadunas family and... John is the CFO of Kalamos Investments, driving force for improving strategic initiatives. He's also good friends with a very talented artist by the name of Yanni Fotiadis. That's right. And he is here. He is uh, the person that's responsible, the artist, for all this beautiful artwork uh, in Beyond Antiquity. And I am beyond inspired, Yanni. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak with you. It is such an honor to talk to you. Really, when I say that I look at your artwork and hearing your explanations, I'm, I'm really awe-inspired. And I do have a favorite piece. But before we talk mm-hmm. about that, you're an architect and you're an artist. Right. And you focus on classical antiquity. Correct. So what I'd like to know is when you opened uh, this evening, you said that you view Greece as your third parent. Correct. Yeah. Tell me what you meant by that. So, you know, it's a, it's a place I've been going to since I was a little boy. Uh, I'm a first-generation American in my family. My mother was actually born in Athens. And when I was a little boy, uh, like a lot of Greek Americans, you know, we would go for the summer. And I was very fortunate in that I got to spend a lot of time with my grandparents in their old house, the house my mother was born in. And in those years, you know, we're talking the late 60s, early 70s, it was really like going into a time machine. It was like going to like the Greece of the 1930s. So 
Uh, I loved it. You know, the, the sights, the smells, you know, just this very, very different world from kind of the antiseptic, you know, mass production of, of the United States at that time. And it's something that really resonated with me. Uh, and so it's fair to say that my love affair with Greece really started then. That really touched me because it made me think of my parents and my love of Greece. You also mentioned something else that I want you to address, which is, and I think you bring it out in your work and your drawings, and that is the light of Greece. Yeah, the light, the light of Greece is something that has always made an impression on me, even before I had any, let's say, formal education or knowledge. It's just something very um, evocative, and it, it kind of hits you in a very visceral way. Uh, just walking down the street, any street in Athens on a sunny summer day, there's just a different sense of how things are illuminated than any other place in the world. I mean, one thing I, I, I would say to my architecture students when I was teaching design is that you have a place where even in shadow, the shadows are luminous. There's so much reflected light that you never feel like that you're really in shadow. So there's light everywhere. And, and that luminosity to me makes things feel very much alive. Truly, and you pick up so much of nature. Let's, let's talk about your pieces that are in this exhibit sure. called Beyond Antiquity. Right. So Beyond Antiquity is an exhibit of primarily drawings, although I have some images that are uh, digital creations done with uh, design software that I would normally use to design buildings. In this case, I've designed environments, I guess that's a good word, that represent... Um, different ideas regarding uh, the architecture of antiquity and the geometry and, and the theories of harmonics and proportions, uh, numerologies, et cetera, that informed that architecture. But uh, uh, the major chunk of the work are drawings that I created while I was in Greece. Uh, many of them were field sketches. Uh, and then I brought those drawings home and I developed them into more finished drawings. So from, from sketches and, and very kind of embryonic concepts, they became finished pieces of work. When we talk about classical antiquity, you really capture that. What is it that you, how do you view the temples? You told me earlier that you've seen probably 70 temples in Greece. Yeah, I mean, over the course of all the years that I've gone, I mean, any island I've been to, I would always make a point to find where is the temple on that island? When was it built? Even on the mainland, of course, the major sites, you know, Delphi, Olympia, Athens, Sunion. I mean, those are, those are kind of the, uh, the greatest hits, right? But there are many others, many of them unknown, uh, actually unknown to me until I started reading really kind of hardcore academic works on, on this type of architecture. And what fascinated me the most about them and what I learned, the, singularly, the singular biggest lesson was that all of these buildings spoke very much not only about the god that they were supposed to be housing, because temples were houses of the gods, but they also spoke about the surrounding nature that they were placed in. So, for example, there's a very beautiful temple complex in a place called Vravrona, which is near Spata, where the airport is. And that was an old um, uh, sanctuary for girls. It was a cult of Artemis, I believe. And you see, like, the environment it's placed in is like a, a valley. It's very 
embracing and very nurturing. It has this motherly feel, and the architecture, the scale of the temple reflects that. Where you go to other buildings and they feel very masculine, uh, you know, a temple of Zeus or a temple of Apollo. And, and it's amazing how these buildings, you know, these pieces of stone take on these characteristics of the god they house, but they also speak to the surrounding hills and mountains and valleys and sacred springs. It's a beautiful, beautiful fusion of nature and humanity. What's so interesting, Yanni, is that I look at your work and I start to, there are certain emotions that are evoked. My favorite happens to be your favorite, which I was so pleased to hear, which is The Maiden's Maiden's Return. Return, Will you please tell us about that? Sure. So The Maiden's Return is what I would call an allegorical drawing because there's a narrative in that drawing. And while it's predominantly a landscape drawing of the top of the Acropolis facing west, it also speaks about uh, the Caryatids and a lot of the other antiquities that need to be repatriated to Greece. Uh, There's a Caryatid, you know, one of the famous uh, statues of the women holding up the porch of the Erechtheon that is presently in the British Museum in London. So this drawing imagines that this Caryatid returns to the Acropolis, rejoins her sisters, and that singular act of goodwill starts creating these supernatural situations where she actually manifests not as a statue, but as a, a goddess, a messenger of the gods. And that, in turn, triggers other acts of goodwill that wind up uh, helping humanity. When people look at your work, what are you hoping that they feel, see, walk away with? My hope is, number one, that they don't think that this work is Greek. This is um, the, the architecture of Greece and really the civilization that was ancient Greece really belongs to the world. We're all inheritors of that. So it's not to say that it's Western or, or it's one particular political bent. It belongs to all of us. The other big takeaway or the lesson I hope people take is that if they bother to look at it and rediscover it and remember it, they're going to find that there are lessons and ideas that people figured out two and a half millennia ago that are still very applicable today. And I'm afraid that a lot of those lessons have been largely forgotten in our you know, industrialized scientific age, as I mentioned in my remarks. So I'm hoping this kind of jogs people's collective memory or at least entices them to reconsider that world and what lessons they can take from it. So what I love about uh, classical antiquity is that what is old is new and what is new is old. And it's so inspiring and also exciting and probably such an honor that John Cadunas asked you to create a piece of work for the stock exchange. Right. And it's with a very famous Greek basketball player. Tell us how that all uh, came to fruition. Well, Yanis, uh, John Kadunis is a very uh, old and dear friend of mine. You know, we've known each other a long time. And as I've pursued my creative uh, endeavors, he's pursued his business endeavors. And we've always tracked each other's progress, you know, in this parallel. And um, the opportunity finally came where we could work on a project together in a really meaningful way. And what John Kadunas did is that he wanted to get involved in the world of ESG funds, you know, sustainable funds, socially responsible investing. And he was able to enlist the help of Yanis Atentokumpo, who, as I understand, is probably like the best basketball player in the world, who is also very interested in extending his legacy beyond being an athlete. He really wants to be a philanthropist. 
So the two of them got together and they spoke about creating a fund that would embody those principles. And so John came to me and said, here's the idea, here's what we want to do. What kind of visual uh, imagery or information can we create to really embody the spirit of what we're doing? And that in turn began a dialogue between, you know, client and designer, client and artist, patron and artist that resulted in the images that are on exhibit here, which in essence is an image of Yanis gesturing towards a sphere. Uh, some people might think it's a basketball, but it's also a, a green world. Uh, and, that, and he is posing in, with that sphere in front of a classical facade, which obviously I have a fetish for classical architecture. In this case is the facade of the New York Stock Exchange. So we combined all of those images into one kind of seamless narrative. And what was really cool about it is that when the fund that they created went public on the New York Stock Exchange, there was actually a, a drape uh, of, the, of him in front of the exchange at a very large scale embodying that image. And that was an amazing day. It was amazing to see that banner go up. As a person who lived and worked in New York, that must have been such an honor. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing because, you know, I've, I've known this city for decades. I've worked in it. And, you know, everything tends to be big in New York. But, I mean, this was really big. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a real blast, I have to say, you know. Congratulations. Experience. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. So with your exhibit, Beyond Antiquity, we're here. People have to come to the uh, Hellenic Music in, Museum in Chicago to view your work. Um, you, you talk about metaphysical landscape, mm -hmm. and I'd love for you to just sort of expound upon that. Sure. So metaphysical, you know, what does that word mean? I mean, it's often bandied about and um, a lot of people use it without really understanding its meaning. Its origin comes from Aristotle. He wrote a book called Metaphysics. And it really, it really is about ideas and concepts that lie outside the physical realm, right? So it really revolves around the, the concepts of thought and what thoughts evoke. And it poses the question of like, can a thought become a reality? Well, I think the minute the thought comes into your head, it is a reality, right? Because it exists, uh, even in that ethereal sense. So I created uh, a series of images and I actually uh, incorporated uh, Rhino software, which I mentioned earlier, which allows you to do really wild things visually that I could probably do with pencil and paper, but it would take me months and months of trial and error to get the same type of um, ethereal effect. So in this case, I utilized the software to do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of rendering the image, but I, I did a series of sketches and designs of how I wanted these images to look, and then I literally opened Rhino and built those environments in 3D and rendered them. And the metaphysical landscapes that are exhibited here are the result. And I think they're pretty compelling images. They're compelling. They're cool. They're right. thought-provoking. Really, really awesome. Uh, Kefi Life prides itself on balancing the mind, body, and spirit the Greek way. And I think part of that is through creative expression and staying healthy through following a passion or a dream. And you are doing such a great job with that. What are your uh, goals for the future? Well, um, as an artist, my, my goals are to continue narratives because I, I can tell, even from the reaction of this exhibit, that when people look at a narrative piece of artwork, uh, they read a message. Uh, and even if they don't agree with the message, it at least compels them to consider it. It compels them to contemplate the message. 
I think in, in the world that we live in, where we have so much noise and 15 second attention spans, that in and of itself is an amazing achievement. So I'm hoping that as I develop more of this type of narrative storytelling in my drawings, uh, people will continue to pay attention and maybe um, do a little bit of thinking rather than just watching. Absolutely. We should think and think critically. And I believe that we all have done so. This evening, I invite people to come to the Hellenic Museum in Chicago to view Yanya Fotiadi's work. He's an architect, an artist, a musician. He's so talented. <laughs> I ask all my special guests this question. You are a special guest. Thank so you. take your time if you need. But the question is, Yanni, in my life, I've learned that. My intellectual hero, Socrates, made this very famous statement, and he said, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I couldn't agree more. And that's what my, my life's work is really about. It's moving beyond the expected, moving beyond the box, and really expanding your thinking and considering uh, a broader view of the world. And I think we'll, we'll make a better world as a result if we do that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. This was great. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, Kala. This Hola, Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus. Ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010. Taking care of all your real estate needs. The Beyond Antiquity exhibit in Chicago reminds me of the value and importance of visiting museums, reading books, and taking classes throughout one's life. As Socrates once said a long time ago, all I know is that I know nothing. If you embrace this notion or philosophy to never stop learning, then you will do what you are called to do in life, and that is to grow and evolve into a person of excellence. Olakala, all is well when you practice the art of learning one new thing a day, every day. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.